everybody and welcome to another episode of Inside Battlefield. My name is Tom, Community Manager for Battlefield. And in today's episode, we'll talk about the Archangel Directive limited time event for Season 5, alongside the design and gameplay of its new game mode, Control. With me today are Afshin and Martin. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. How's it going? Good. All good? All good, thank you. Excited to be on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. A bit uh, nervous. Not <laughs> <laughs> too. It's fine. At, at least folks can see that you're nervous. Yeah, they exactly. Can, they exactly. can only hear it in your voice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even worse. Yeah. Um, so for folks who might not know you, could you start with a little uh, introduction about who you are and what you do at DICE? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, I'm Afshin Falström and I'm a game mode designer here at DICE. Uh, joined in January 2021 as an intern and uh, got hired in August the same year and been working with game modes ever since. Um, was recently came back from parental leave and uh, been working on this new mode called Control uh, since then. Uh, I'm Martin Kopparhed. Uh, I'm a design director on 2042 working with maps and modes. I have a long history with ICE, started originally 20 years ago. Uh, so too long story to talk about now. For another podcast. Uh, yeah, but very recently, <laughs> actually, at the start of the year, I started working with Afshin and Maps and Modes on 2042. Awesome. Um, so a, a veteran from DICE and someone uh, quite Fresh recent blood. To, mm-hmm. fresh, fresh blood to <laughs> DICE, uh, including myself, I guess. I've only been here for, for three years, um, but in EA for 10. But yeah, mm. for DICE, fresh blood. Anyway, it's not about me today. <laughs> um so the Archangel Directive, um, to start, the event runs for two weeks from July 11 to 25. And as you're used to, you can expect exclusive event-themed weekly rewards and cosmetics to either unlock uh, through gameplay or purchase from the store. And then for the story, uh, Martin, I'll throw it over to you. Can you lead us in? Yeah, very briefly, uh, Archangel is a corporation in the 2042 universe that's uh, working for the betterment of humanity on robotics, AI, uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, and they have a role to play in the 2042 narrative and they're going to keep being a player moving forward as well. Uh, and control yeah, ties into you're basically working for them <laughs> in this game. Of- yeah. Have we seen them before in, in the, the 2042 narrative? I'm not sure. I mean, they're being mentioned. Uh, there's stuff already you can read about them. Yep. Uh, but I'm not sure actually how long they've been uh, talked about in Battlefield. Okay, awesome. So and as part of the event, you play as them in the new mode with uh, the, in terms of like cosmetics, etc.? Uh, yes, they, they exactly. They're, they're one of the factions uh, in the cosmetics, exactly. Awesome. And uh, then we have the new limited time mode control, which Afshin, you can talk more about. Um, Do you want to start with leading us in and talking more about how the game mode works? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, So control is a uh, um, sandbox mode um, where you, uh, there is total 48 players. So 24 versus 24. Um, where the goal is to essentially um, collect telemetry data and map that um, up to the Archangel satellite. Um, It's essentially about um, map control. So take the objectives, control the objectives, defend objectives, uh, and that's how you win uh, the game. Um, We rotate the objectives. uh, So we start with multiple objectives active simultaneously. And then as the match goes on, we 
uh, we introduce less and less objectives for the players so eventually the players will meet and clash in one epic battle uh, in the center of the map. Is it like large scale or smaller scale? It's a large scale game mode, yeah. And as you mentioned in the name control, like it's <laughs> yeah. control of the objectives. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, and which, which maps can we play it on? You will be able to play it on, uh, let me see here now, so I don't say <laughs> the wrong thing. Orbital, of course, <laughs> and then we have uh, Valparaiso. And uh, yeah, trying to not say the developer name. Um, uh, I mean, I... I, I Come on. <laughs> Reclaimed? Reclaimed. Reclaimed, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about the... Uh, yeah, the dev name. <laughs> yeah, the dev name. Which, by the way, which happens in like most of the podcasts yeah. where at some, <laughs> some point somebody like mentions the dev's name. Um, yeah. And then we have a fourth map, but uh, nothing that um, I can mention here what it is. Yeah, so it's coming on a fourth uh, already existing map during the event. Okay, TBD on that one. So we'll, we'll let folks know later. Um, and in, in terms of... Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about what players can expect from the gameplay um, perspective? Like you already mentioned, like it's large skill, ends in an epic clash, but I think it has vehicles as well. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of focus around vehicles and uh, the uh, the vehicle management system in this mode is a bit different um, uh, compared to our other modes like uh, Conquest and Breakthrough. So here in this mode, you actually have to earn... Uh, uh, certain credits to be able to spawn in as uh, as a tank or a, a, as a helicopter, Apache or anything like that. Um, and you get these credits or these points by performing well. Uh, so doing things like reviving teammates, capturing a objective or killing uh, the enemy uh, g- gives the player some sort of points that we call ascension points and with these ascension points you can purchase and spawn in these combat vehicles is that is it the goal for players to work towards to 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 earn the ascension points to get the vehicles because the vehicles will be very um important to win the match or Mm. is it just a, a side objective I mean, absolutely. I think what this does is that vehicles become even more of a valuable resource in control. Like it's something that you save up to get. So you want to really take care of the vehicle, like repairing becomes even more important. And it really contributes to this kind of escalation that I've seen mentioned that, Mm. uh, you know, people get access to more vehicles because they've saved up ascension points. But we also unlock some vehicle categories towards uh, the middle of the round, right? Uh, so, so So at the start of the match... Even if you have enough points, you can't immediately select all vehicles. Yeah, you can, uh, but we increase the uh, vehicle count. Oh, okay, so you can get more of them. So you can spawn more of them. Okay, that's that's correct. correct. (laughs) But in the beginning, so as a player, what you would expect in the beginning, it's a lot of infantry gameplay. You you won't see as many combat vehicles on on the battlefield. And as the match progress towards the end, maybe the last... 10 or 15 minutes, you will see helicopters, you will see tanks and such. Mm. Uh, so you will actually feel the escalation. You will feel how the battlefield grows uh, within the uh, within the session. More and more chaos. More and more uh, chaos, which, yeah. which we like here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. And how long do you expect a match to last? Uh, in the playtest, it's been around... 20 minutes, so we expect somewhere 
somewhere there. But I know also that our internal playtests play very different from uh, uh, the sessions in live. Uh, so I know that players are a lot more efficient, that they're yeah. much better, so they yeah. might be even shorter. But I would say somewhere between 20-25 minutes, uh, I would expect, similar to a CQ match. Okay, nice. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned it, because in our internal playtest, and I believe we talked about this before on like another podcast, but we go in to test very specific things, Yeah. so you can see someone just maybe, I don't know, messing around with this new vehicle or weapon or something, and... Instead of like, you know, focusing on, yeah, on the match yeah. itself. So yeah. it's just depending on who you run into. Watching see some like, new bush or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this, this new bush, uh, oh, the lighting on this is uh, it's great. Yeah. Awesome. And um, is is there any any more more cool details you want to share about the mode itself or like the, the gameplay? I could just mention like the how the uh, control points uh, work in this mode is that, as uh, so I've mentioned, you're downloading telemetry and each of the points has uh, a set amount of telemetry to download, basically. So you want to like hold, control that objective and extract as much telemetry as you can. Um, And uh, the win condition, I've seen the the team that first reaches uh, a certain amount of telemetry. Yeah, exactly. Um, So each objective has a set amount of points and when you extract that point, that objective uh, goes inactive. And once all the objectives goes, current objectives goes inactive, we spawn new objectives in new locations, yeah. but in uh, uh, lesser amount. Exactly. So we start with four objectives, then it goes to three, and so on. And they keep moving. Co- yeah, across the and map they, as well. they they change locations, yeah. uh, and eventually it will be one location in in the middle somewhere in the middle of the map where everyone meets in yeah. a big clash. And the one team that gathers uh, 700 points, which is the max points, whichever team that reaches that uh, threshold wins the, mm. the match. Okay. And the final point has more objectives. Uh, we often see cool clutch moments where one team is in the lead, and then if you manage to snatch the final objective and hold on to it, you can still turn turn the tide of the battle, which is uh, yeah. really exciting. Something that happens. Uh, how, if if you had to explain or compare the mode to some some other things we do we did already like including shutdown like how would you say this mode is like different and where is the the real excitement for you as designers but maybe also for the players uh, so what we wanted to capture with this mode is uh, something that's very much battlefield so as Afshin mentioned medium to large scale combined arms uh, sandbox but we also wanted to have a bit more direction to it like a bit more of a narrative arc so you can sense like a start, middle, and end uh, that the mode kind of grows, uh, escalates, um, and that you can have some kind of yeah intense finale, basically. Okay. Uh, so that's what we were trying to to get to. Yeah, it's actually a sandbox with more structure in it. Um, so as I see, this mode is more of a combination of conquest and breakthrough. You start as conquest, and as the match progress. In the end, it mm. will feel a lot like the final objective in a breakthrough match. Very chaotic. Very chaotic. A <laughs> lot of players in yeah. one in one small space, intense, lots of vehicles. Uh, so it will feel very different from uh, the beginning and the end. Mm. Awesome. Um, in terms of like tips and gameplay for when players go hands-on, any, any tips you can share? Like, hey, do this thing or do that thing? Or don't do that thing. <laughs> so even if you're not super interested in vehicles, you can uh, use uh, the ascension points to get a ranger. 
uh, via the calling menu. Uh, another tip I would say is uh, like use your ascension points to spawn in a vehicle and give to your team. Uh, so yeah, if you don't want to use it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The overarching uh, narrative here is just get those vehicles in. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be a imp- yeah. really important resource, of course, to to yeah turn yeah. the tide. Um, yeah, you, more. Yeah. yeah, and you could also uh, save those ascension points towards yeah, the end exactly. and uh, make a big big push push together with the team with a lot of vehicles to mm. actually grab and control the final objective because the final objective essentially has unlimited points. So if you control and hold the final objective. Uh, long enough, you will eventually like up win. to up to seven hundred yeah. points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's uh, really like a king of the hill kind of game play in in the in the final objective. Mm. Uh, another another thing, cool effect I think of the ascension points. I like to play vehicles uh, in conquest, but it's uh, you know often it's hard to get access to a tank because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to get it. Here, since you also need to have the points, whenever I have the points, when I've saved up, I feel at least in our playtest like I. I can more often get access to a tank or, or another vehicle when I want, because yeah, it's not just a free for all, right? Um, so, so as a vehicle player, I think you you get a bit more of a chance to get to play with vehicles, at least some time during uh, round of control, if you perform well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, the the ascension points um, are those specific to players or a squad? No, th- those are individual points for the player. So every player has every their own... Has their own points, mm. correct. Is is there like a max number of vehicles we can expect on the map? What is the most other cha- chaotic moment you can think of? Um, yeah, it can be pretty intense. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, you don't have to amount, like, but it's name about, like about, this amount, but it can get pretty... It can be very intense, yeah, for sure. I think actually, to be honest, like this is one of our more vehicle focused modes mm-hmm. okay. so i think this will even feel more intense than than conquest for example yeah okay yeah, exactly and really of course the interplay between you really get those infantry versus vehicle versus yeah. vehicle clashes um <coughs> of course the numbers are different on gen 4 and gen 5 uh, as for how many vehicles we have but we're yeah you're gonna see the they're max. actually not they're oh they are all oh, right yeah, yeah sorry <laughs> cut that out <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah so like yeah we're really pushing the the amount of vehicles in this mode. yeah we are uh, pushing the performance <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we i think it's about uh, total you can expect about 40 vehicles in total Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. that's quite a lot yeah. that is a lot uh, so as on some for, maps on, on some, some maps and yeah. i think we like i i have another question about like the map layouts after this but i think to just summarize for vehicle players you've both mentioned that this will be a very fun mode if you're infantry obviously it's going to be uh fun to try and take down those vehicles if for that's sure. something you enjoy mm-hmm. for sure um but i don't believe and please do correct me if i'm wrong but for our other um seasonal events i don't think we really had a a a mode that was this vehicle focused maybe in the battle of nordvik i think Uh we had one week where it was breakthrough chaos Mm. yeah that that had some vehicles but this seems to be the most yeah uh, fun and chaotic uh, vehicle mode yeah yeah created so far i think so and that's also one of the reasons why we have a lower player count Uh, less players but the same amount of vehicles as we have in Breakthrough and, yep. and Conquest, uh, which means that 
accessibility to vehicles is much higher. So we expect that players will feel that accessibility to vehicles is a lot better in this mm, in this yeah. mode. Which is also something we heard feedback on from players. Mm-hmm. So do you feel this uh, in this game mode, it's also a test to see how that just feels about giving more access freely to players or is, is it just a specific decisions for this mode? Both. I mean, we always try to learn things yep. from our themed events and see what sticks and uh, what we can adjust for the next one. Uh, but yeah, the uh, also as a counterpoint to shutdown, which was of course, you know, sm- or is small scale and infantry focus, yep. we wanted like the opposite end of the spectrum for, for this themed event. Cool. And then uh, just back to the to the map layouts that, that I mentioned earlier. Um, is there anything you can share about the map layouts? Is it it's is it the exact same layout players are used to from, for example, Conquest or Breakthrough, or do we have separate map layouts for Control? I would say it's very similar to some Conquest layouts. Um, we've been using that as a foundation and uh, did the necessary adjustments from that. The uh, the objective locations, however, is um, somehow somewhat uh, unique for this uh, for okay. this mode. Um, exactly, and I think similar to breakthrough, a cool thing about that, since since the objectives yeah move across the map, so to speak, uh, is that you get this kind of journey across the map, and mm. you get to fight in places that maybe you wouldn't focus on so much in a conquest round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, which is cool. Yeah. It brings us to other places mm-hmm. on the maps we usually maybe. Do not go unless... Or never seen, yeah. Or, or you haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, um, uh, and of course, we try to pick the most interesting, best location for that sort of King of the Hill finale, yeah. as uh, Afshin mentioned. And some areas will, of course, play better with infantry, uh, and some areas will play better with uh, combat vehicles, ground vehicles, for example. Okay. Um, so I think that is um, a nice overview of control so far. Obviously, you have to play it. Yeah, for so sure. So <laughs> I believe... Like, um, when this podcast releases, and this is always fine guesswork for me when we're recording them, (laughs) uh, it will be available for play the following day. So if you're listening to this now, um, the plan is that you'll be able to play it tomorrow. So my future self, and I guess future Austin and Martin (laughs) are very excited about that, that you can, that you, that you can all play it. Um, is, is there any final comments you, uh, you have about control that you want to share before we start talking about some of the design and like how we created the mode. Can't think of anything. The answer can be no. Yeah, <laughs> okay. we covered, it can be okay. Covered, then, covered a lot. I think we've covered most of it. Um, no, I'm just uh, excited to give this to to the player, and I hope they will enjoy it. I think this mode has a new new touch, um, and an, it's it's unique for 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 a battlefield mode. But it's also familiar, so people mm. will players will feel like ah, oh, this is a typical battlefield mode. That is what. What yeah, we hope at exactly. least. Yeah, and even though we talk a lot about vehicles here, I, I think and hope that it's a mode that offers something for all BF players. Of course, there's a lot of room for like reviving and supporting your team in all other ways yep. here as well. So. Like infantry gameplay, uh, while there is a lot of focus on vehicles, infantry gameplay is still just as important. Yeah. Especially if you want to take down those vehicles, you will need that infantry anyway exactly. uh, as well to back you up. And for, just to mention, like if you if you take down vehicles, you will get extra mm. ascension points, ah, so you can use you that go. to so do counter. You, do you expect to see more engineers in control 
Like, this, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so that's always a fun question. What are your expectations for what what you think people will play? Well, myself, I play a lot of um, uh, Blasco actually okay. because uh, she has two good things. It's uh, one, she has the spawn beacon where you can place and and spawn uh, wherever you, you you like and your team as well, which is really really effective in this mode. Uh, because essentially it's about holding and controlling yep. objectives. Uh, but then she also has these gadgets where she, like the EMP grenade and stuff, uh, and the C5 uh, to to blow up vehicles, which is uh, super effective. So I think we will see a lot of Blasco, maybe, uh, and, and maybe a lot of engineers overall. Uh, that That is what I expect, actually. Agreed, yeah. Okay. Especially towards the end, when you start to see more vehicles, yep. I think people yep. might sw- switch from like assault to medic uh, support and then go to engineer classes. And I, I guess um, something that's just fun in general, and both of you already touched upon a little bit earlier, I believe, like we, as a team, we try new things with these modes, hmm. limited time modes, meaning we also expect... Can I put it this way? Weird shit to happen that maybe like players try new stuff. Yeah, uh, it's a different way of playing. So who knows what what yeah. kind of shenanigans mm. they'll yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to into. see. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, cool. Are you uh, ready to talk a little bit about uh, the story and creation about how we ended up designing Control? Like more of a background info. Sure. Well, essentially, it always starts with um, directions and, and player journeys that yep. uh, uh, Martin uh, essentially mm. creates. Uh, yeah, maybe exactly. you want to start. Yeah, me, me and other directors early on, I mm-hmm. mean, when we start planning for a season, basically think about themes, of course, what's this season going to be focused on, uh, what kind of gameplay do you want to push, so like, you know, we- any weapons and vehicles on what we release and maps, of course, kind of play well together. Uh, so for this season, we had a big uh, combined arms focus, uh, as I mentioned. Um, so yeah, we, as I said before, we tried to combine like the sandbox of Battlefield with a bit more direction, basically. And uh, it's like you create a framework for the thing that we're, we we want, you know, should be this and it should not be that. But then in between that, there's a lot of room for creativity and interpretation that basically then the map pod, uh, game modes pod, sorry, uh, gets to work with uh, to, to define what it should be. Do you work, but I assume you work together with the, the levels pod as well? Maps? Yeah. Levels. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we have a close uh, cooperation, uh, so to say. Uh, but yeah, so, 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 so Martin and the directors, they, they create these user stories, which are essentially... Uh, goals for for hmm. for the mode uh, but they're open for interpretation it oh. gives me freedom and creativity to actually translate this into to my own uh, own thing um and um, sorry what was the question about <laughs> i mean i'm technically i didn't ask a question you didn't or did i like okay, i yeah. asked like are you ready to talk about like the creation and background oh, yeah. of like how we came about uh, yeah. control and then we actually started talking about that very well so i guess um yeah martin you explained it very well already like how we start Uh. you and the other directors this slash designers come up with like the the, the user stories and the framework framework slash goals and then the game most team takes it from there and starts building upon those so i guess the the fun question is then always so you, you came up with like the the framework um 
do when you come up with the framework is what you then came up with Afshin is it very different than for example what you originally envisioned Martin or do you not think or do you not necessarily want to think outside the framework yet because uh, you want to design I mean to, it is uh, when giving direction you're not supposed to say how <laughs> the experts are going to yeah. build a thing it's more you know what it should be yeah. on a higher level of course it's almost impossible to not maybe have some like oh maybe it could be this in my head okay um, but uh, yeah so the, the the party comes back with a proposal okay this is the uh, the design that we think will achieve these goals uh, and then yeah if we if we think that that uh, seems like it will achieve the goals then we green light it basically and start production on it but it's uh no it's not going to be exactly what i maybe envisioned but that's part of the fun yeah well, was, to see. that's what i was <laughs> like, going okay, to say give these yep. goals yeah how yep. how can those be reached uh, and the design really it it changes throughout the whole process yeah. like the initial design and the first proposal is very different from yeah. the end result and that is yep. game dev <laughs> yeah which is <laughs> in a nutshell yeah another fun it's question. very organic mm-hmm. it's uh, it changes a lot uh, which is which makes this job really fun and interesting yep. as well. Um, can you share maybe some of the iterations that it went through, like something that changed completely versus how we first envisioned it to work, which is, I think is always a fun one, uh, if you remember. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah, I'm trying to. We had, uh, <laughs> earlier on, we had that the, the objectives were randomized from oh, yeah. pre-selections. Like there were a few different places the objectives could be in. Um But yeah. we felt that that didn't really add anything. This, uh, it's it's more controlled. Yeah, now it's like yeah, these are the, the, this is where the four <laughs> objectives are in the first okay. phase, and these are the three ones are in the next. Uh, but if, earlier on, it was random. But it kind of it was like players didn't really notice, but it still created some kind of noise, I guess, that you can yeah. really pick up on. Plus, it's of course makes more you know uh, time consuming for us to develop and test. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we we had a few playtests with it, and we, while we felt like the switch of location felt good, we didn't feel that the randomization gave anything really. But what it did instead was that it made it difficult for the level designers to actually make it work well. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it in the end, we expect players to have a lot of assumption points. We see that they will spawn in a lot of vehicles, and if the final objective somehow ends up inside a bunker that's not a good experience, right? So we want to have some sort of control where where the objectives uh, spawns, as we felt like, yeah, let's remove the randomization yeah. and uh, predetermine the, the locations instead for the objectives. And that was a lot easier for the level designers to, to design the, the layouts. And yeah, it made the whole experience a lot better in the end. Mm. Yeah, what more? I mean, of course, a lot of iteration on these layouts that you mentioned, uh, starting with like... Uh, uh, Designers making a 2D top-down layout. This is where we think interesting locations could be. Uh, and then you playtest that. We want to, of course, get always as quickly as possible to something, a, t- a playtestable prototype, so we can start feeling how it plays and, uh, and feedbacking on that and iterating on it. How soon after you come up with like the, the, the initial design can you actually get a mode working and start to play test it is how long is that process or what goes into that process yeah it all starts with like uh, putting everything down on paper really uh, bullet points so to yeah. say i get the framework from from martin and the directors i with that i try to 
think about some game mode ideas. I take inspirations from competitors and game modes from from uh, from other games, and I try to boil that down and make it fit within the framework and the battlefield uh, world. And come up with essentially like two to three ideas, concept. And I throw that idea uh, around the team to see like, what do you think about this? Do you see any problems with that? And usually there are some questions and and, and issues with the initial design and you kind of iterate that until you feel, until I felt like I'm happy with uh, these proposals. And then you take those proposals and pitch it to a larger group with directors, Martin, mm-hmm. um, DDs, development directors, producers, product owners and such. And you try to get that pitch greenlit. And as soon as you get it greenlit and approved, you essentially just um, break this whole idea concept down into tasks and start planning ahead of what needs to be done in reality, you cannot always do all of the cool no, stuff. No. But it's more um, like a, lo- a lot of that work happens on, on paper, maybe even in your head. But eventually, um, like how do you start building it then? For example, we have the idea of the mode, you know, it's it's we know we want to do it. Oh. How do you go from like translating that mode on, I guess, I guess on paper or yep. G-Docs or whatever, <laughs> PowerPoint, yeah. like into... Hey, now we have something working in the game that we can actually play. Like, how how do you make that switch? Yeah, but as soon as you have a plan that you feel confident with, and this is something we can pull off, then you start prototyping. You get into the engine as soon as possible and try to make the simplest version of that concept as possible. So you don't look at UI stuff and stuff like that. Mm. And everything doesn't need to work 100% uh, perfect. The most important thing is to get the prototype up and running as soon as possible and play test and verify the design. Um, so yeah, essentially it's just uh, get into the engine, start design, uh, start prototyping. And the process usually takes about, can take everything from two to two to four weeks, something like that, mm. until we have a first playable. And um, usually after the first playable, uh, we sit down and talk about the experience and see if we have something going on. As in, we, as if it, if it feels good. If or, it feels good, yeah. or if we see some some potential in this idea, or if it's total crap, <laughs> because <laughs> Which, that can happen. Can right? happen yeah. Some sometimes the design can sound and feel very good on paper, but uh, once you test it, uh, it can feel really the opposite. Yeah. Uh, I so. think I think that's always the most interesting one to hear. Like. The, the paper designs that sound awesome. Yeah, and, and everyone is convinced. <laughs> everyone, and then you go hands-on and it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you you want to find that out as, as early as possible, yeah. of course, yeah. so you can course correct or cut uh, problematic bits. Yeah. An- another thing about prototyping is uh, we, we start by sort of copying other things, right? So you can take, for example, the conquest objective and duplicate that and then start modifying it to how it should work for control mm. instead. So we get like a head start. So, of course, the more different a mode is, if it's something completely different, like shutdown is more different, I would say, uh, with hmm. the, the lands. Yep. So, uh, so that most likely had a longer sort of uh, start uh, stretch to get playable. Yep. Do you feel for, I guess I'm slightly backtracking here, for for shutdown we had a very, like the lands was like very unique. We have ascension points here and I'm sorry, but I forgot to name the the... The satellite. Oh, the transmitters. The, the transmitters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, is it, do you feel like 
in this mode, it, it's as unique as, as what we did with the lens, or it's just an additive here to the mode? I would say it's it's not as unique as the lens. It's uh, essentially it's is the, uh, the the conquest objective with modifications. Um, uh, so it's not working entirely as the flags in conquest, but it has uh, similarities. Okay. Mm. So we used that as a foundation and modified it. While the lens was a complete new tech. Yeah, and then another thing. I mean, we also wanted it to be easy to understand how to play uh, and just sort yeah. of. Controlling an objective is a, yeah, something players know. Yeah. Uh, so we don't really have to teach them something new there. But then, yes, there are uh, tweaks sort of for differences in how you need to think about controlling that objective. Uh, the sort of, yeah, the meta around it sort of. Um, for example, an interesting thing about control versus conquest is that there are no tickets. So kills aren't a means to winning. Uh, or, I mean, it, it, you can't win directly by just killing the enemy team. Like it's a means to an end to take control of the objectives. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that, Which course, gives the point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that of course changes a bit how you think about playing the mode and what kind of tactics, strategies that become uh, best. Okay. And um, in terms of like the design personally for, for each of you, what do you, what is the most fun part of like this whole process for you? Very easy question. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole process is fun, just to see uh, how the the, the the experience, the mode uh, coming along. I think the prototype phase is um, exciting. Um, that's when you see the idea, the concept become reality and you test it and verify it. And then from there, it really starts the fun. Like you play yep. test, you iterate, you, you gather the feedback, you iterate, you play test again, and you just see how the mode develops throughout the process. And mm. that is really the, the fun fun part. And then, of course, when you reach your your goal in the end and you feel that we've done something good, that's the best. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like uh, coming up with a change, like, okay, we think this change, uh, if we make this, and then in the next play test, we think this, this thing is going to work better or play better. Mm. Like that's exciting to test out. And it's a very quick kind of loop of iteration. Uh, where you, you quite frequently get to see the result of those changes yep. that you planned out before. And then, of course, yeah, like I've just said, now we get to see what players think of it very soon. Yep. Uh, and live service is different from working on like a not live service game because you have this, yeah, these shorter iterations and kind of more frequent uh, touch points with the players, yep. which is quite exciting. The next thing is never too far away, basically. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always super fast moving for us internally <laughs> and it's uh quite a an amazing amazing ride so far yeah yeah and just uh you know we're, we're on season five now which is yeah to me personally very exciting and also Absolutely. like where did time go <laughs> what what <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. so yeah um great i think that was uh from my perspective also a very interesting overview of you know what goes on behind the scenes to to get a moat into mm. the player's hands and, you know, what, what are some of the areas we look at? Is there anything else you want to mention there that just comes to mind or? I don't think so, no. No, can't think of anything more. Mm. Okay. Do we want to eat some cookies? Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we have today. Oh, we have macaroons. Oh, is it different cookies uh, every session? It is. Oh, nice. And often we have uh, 
a little bit of like the lore of the cookie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but I don't know anything about macaroons. <laughs> so there's, yeah, unless, I, I, unless you do, then there's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, from um, previous episodes, I was thinking maybe it's a, some kind of Swedish fika that uh, Afshin yeah. and I should know something about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't really know anything. Uh, so this. here you go. Um, take a cookie. Thank you very much. I'll take the green one. This one looks like a hamburger. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it tastes like one as well. Let's see. <laughs> if it tastes like a hamburger, it's a weird cookie. <laughs> but we'll see. It does not taste like a hamburger. Is, <laughs> is that a, like pistachio? Yeah, it was uh, exactly what I expected. Actually, mm. you picked well. Yeah, yeah I love pistachio. <laughs> what about this that one? Chocolate. Uh, yeah, chocolate cookie. I don't know what this is. Not sure what the center tastes like. <laughs> Vanilla? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Thank yeah. you. Very good. I mean, we have more. <laughs> maybe. <you wonder>. Um, <laughs> how do we feel about the cookie? Usually. I think we usually rate them. Like yeah. How many stars? Four out of five or whatever. I don't usually eat cookies. But um, I have four. Yeah, so it's a good four. Strong four, I think. Yeah. Uh, three plus for me. <laughs> make, some mixed, mixed feelings. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's very good. Maybe, uh, yeah, Maybe the don't. pistachio is better for him. Yeah, I think so. Um Okay, there is there are two pistachios left, so I've got my eye, <laughs> eye on, on one of them. Um, so, folks, that is all we have for you today. So, to summarize, the Archangel Directive runs from July 11th to 25th, and it comes with a new limited time game mode control, which we talked about in detail today. There's new event um, themed rewards to earn, or available in the store, just like you're used to. So we hope you'll have fun with the new moat. I want to thank Afshin and Martin for being here today. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity as well to say any final thoughts to the players that are listening. You want to start, Martin? <laughs> uh, well, really hope you enjoy Control and see you on the battlefield. Yeah, um, really hope you will enjoy Control and uh, just uh, I hope that you will experience something new, but familiar and have a good time these coming two weeks. Um, yeah, see you on the battlefield. I will play for sure. Awesome. Good. So folks, get in touch with us at hashtag inside, in, hashtag inside Battlefield on socials. I went double there. Or at podcast at battlefield.com. And from all of us here at our Battlefield Studios, stay classy and PTFO. Yeah, PTFO. PTFO. <laughs> Always PTFO. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.